with the first verse. At that time, Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn, and his disciples were hungry and began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. I'd like for you to observe that the Pharisees were looking for something to criticize Jesus and his disciples. And they were not converted to Christ being God, the Messiah. And we have a problem with that today, each one of us, recognizing who Christ is in our lives. We are as busy a lot of times as the Pharisees looking to criticize people for their actions rather than to endeavor to see things from Christ's point of view and to please him and to know that he is to be revered as God. Now, that's a very striking lesson that we need to get from this. But he said unto them, Have you not read what David said when he was hungered, and they that were with him? This also shows that the Bible has an answer to the problems that we're confronted with when we think about the scriptures and when we think about our doctrinal errors. How he entered into the house of God and did eat the showbread which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law how that on the Sabbath days the priest in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? Now why is Jesus bringing up these cases? Is he to uphold someone that did wrong? No, he is showing that he is God and that he is the Lord of the Sabbath and that we let little things get in our way of recognizing and appropriating his presence. Look at number six. But I say unto you that in this place is greater than the temple, is one greater than the temple. He's preaching Christ. See, Christ takes priority over the Sabbath requirements and the things that were only a picture to bring Christ into the world. But ye, if ye had known what this meaneth, and now he's going to quote a scripture, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. What does that mean? Mercy is that he will give, forgive people when they do make errors and mistakes. When they were hungry and they were eating grain. Now that really wasn't anything wrong with that. But the law had so changed, been changed by the 
Jews that they said if you pluck a grain out, you're thrashing. And if you don't watch, if you spit on the ground, if you don't watch it, it could make mix with the dirt and you could be you could be plowing. Now that's in written laws. They had the number of so they accused a person of plowing and of thrashing when they were just doing those things. That's how exaggerated their law was. So they were converted to their law and their exaggeration of the requirements rather than to Christ. And this is the reason why number seven is that if you'd have known this passage, it says God has mercy. Now what does mercy mean? It means when you do sin, he came to forgive us of sin. Not to endorse it or not to give us license to sin. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the guiltless. Now that's pretty difficult for them to understand. Now the reason why they didn't understand is they didn't know Christ. Christ doesn't make a mountain out of a little molehill like we do. We're married to our, our idiosyncrasies, our pet peeves, and we put them first and we forget about people and their needs. Look at the eighth verse. He said, For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Now, he is teaching this and uh, we're in Matthew, the 12th chapter, in verse 8. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. Now, he has the right to change and to give them new insight even to the Sabbath day. But they didn't believe it. Why? They didn't believe he was the Son of God. They didn't believe he was the Messiah. If we don't believe he's the Lord of our life, that he is the answer to our problems and our difficulty, it won't make much difference which way we look at things either. But we, we understand that he's the Lord of our lives, that he, he's the one who rules, and he's the one that controls, and he's the one that created us. It'll make a difference when we put him in the center of our thoughts. And when he was departed thence, he went into their synagogue. Now, he, he, he met that issue, and uh, then he... He went into the synagogue, and he, he's, he's addressed that, what they did. But they were just looking, and they were just looking. And, and what the lesson is here, it's okay to look at sin and to be careful, but don't miss Christ. Don't miss Christ. And behold, there was a man which, had, which had his hand withered, now, Jesus is going to take another example of a man that could have waited till Sunday or Monday. Well, it wasn't Sunday then, but it would have, he could have waited till the first day of the week. Withered hand, he's had it for all this time, but he's going to take this occasion to teach them something. And behold, there was a man which had his withered hand. Now, the secular accounts of this, the non-biblical accounts that we don't know that are true, says that this man was one that had 
had happened in accident and that he was a bricklayer or something of that order. And he was talking to Jesus and said, uh, uh, would you heal me so that I won't have to stand here in bed? Now, we don't know that that's true, but, but let's just think that if there were accounts this way that, that brought in some things this way, here's a man who said, uh, would you do this for me? And they, uh, and, and they asked him, saying, so there had to be some kind of con- uh, 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 some kind of, con- some kind of conversation going on. They knew he was, I don't know whether he was doing it. Maybe this is true. Maybe the secular history of the account was, was true. And, and, and he'd been helping him. And they said, oh, no, wait, wait a minute. You can't do that. You can't do that. Look, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days? See? That they might accuse him. They wanted to mark up something else. And he said it to them. Well, let me tell you, what man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep, and if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? Now, they had also written and added things. You know what they did to save a sheep? They said, well, you can't lift him out because that would be working. But I'll tell you what you can do. You can put a plank or a board down there, and you can put it where he can, he can get out on his own. So we don't lose his life. Don't lose him. So Jesus just said, if that's the way you did it, this is see, he says, and if he fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it? Or lay hold on it? They they couldn't lift him out, but they could put. We know that there's a lot of information that they would put things where he could get out, and then they couldn't accuse him of doing anything to it. And Jesus knew that was happening all the time. And he said, How much then is man better than a sheep? See? How much better then is man than a sheep? Wherefore it is lawful, wherefore it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath day. He just answered him. He said, It's lawful to do good on the Sabbath day. Then said he to the man, Stretch forth thy hand. And Jesus didn't have to do any work. And he stretched it forth, and it was restored whole like as the other. Then the Pharisees went out. That made them mad. Wonder why? They were so impressed to try to have their salvation through their works and through what they did rather than to let God save them until they knew he was a devil. They knew he was violating their law, and they wanted to kill him. Look at that next verse. They went out to take counsel against him how they might destroy him. Now, that was forbidden by the law. They were working. And they were accusing him of working, but they would work to try to kill him. Now, isn't that simple? But that's the way man thinks. That's the way man thinks. But when Jesus knew it, now look at this, how that he, when he knew it, he withdrew himself from that place. Fence means from that place. 
and a great multitude followed him, and he healed them all. Well, he didn't have time to waste his time, I guess, to on these little petty things, but he just, he went out, and I want you to look at that next verse, what he did. He could have said, well, these people don't believe me anyway, and they don't believe that I am who I am, so I just won't do anything. Well, that would have been acting like we do sometimes. See? He didn't say that. He just went out and, and he just, and he, a great multitudes, great multitudes followed him. And what did he do to them? He just healed them. After being criticized and ridiculed and, and derided and they wanted to kill him. And he charged them that they should not make him known. See, he didn't have to be known. He was doing his work. Now the truth is that Satan was at, 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 at work in these people that were handicapped and were had devils and all. And he was releasing them from Satan's, uh, from Satan's uh, work. Now look at it. Uh, he said, well, this is what's done. He did this that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by Isaiah the prophet. This is what he's doing. When he went out, the great multitude, behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved, in whom my soul is well pleased. This is the same thing he said when he was baptized, same thing he said when he, when he, when the transfiguration. See? And it's the same thing right at the, before he suffered. God spoke, and they said, it's, it, it was thunder. But he said, this is my son. Again, that's three times this was done. And he says, it's, it's to fulfill. What was he doing? He was introducing himself as the son of God. Now, the lesson for us is how stupid, if I can use that, nobody's stupid, we just act stupid. We act stupid sometimes. And we're none of us are stupid. But how stupid can we act when we don't realize that Jesus is Lord and he's in control and he wants to work everything for our good. And he just isn't here on Sunday night and Sunday morning and Wednesday night. He's with us every moment of the day, everywhere we go. In whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall show judgment to the Gentile. That's what he was doing. He shall not strive nor cry, neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed shall he not break, and smoking flax shall he not quench, till he send forth judgment unto victory. Oh, he didn't have vengeance, and he didn't take vengeance on them and, and make whips and whip them in line. He just went ahead and did his work. And in his name shall the Gentiles trust. And, of course, this is a, a fulfillment, and there were a lot of people who did this. There was a lot of people, when he was healing, there was like the lady who's, who, whom he, he healed, and he said, well, 
You know, I haven't seen faith like this in Israel. And uh, then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb. I don't know why we call that dumb, but it's translated that way. I know I remember Sister Faith, she's always saying, why is it that they always put that in there? She said, these people are non-hearing, they're not dumb. And said, that's the wrong word. And I said, that's right. I said, it's just that they can't hear. But we translated it that way. He was blind and he couldn't hear. He couldn't hear. But he healed him. Insomuch that the blind and the non-hearing, he couldn't hear, both spake and saw. Now the reason you can't speak is because when you can't hear, you don't know how to speak. But it doesn't mean you're dumb. It doesn't mean your mind can't work or you wouldn't be able to write and do those things. But here's a person that, that he healed, and he healed it because he can do it. That's how powerful he is. Now the 23rd verse says that all people were amazed and said, is this not the son of David? That's what he wanted to put over all the time. He told them he was, he was this, and they wouldn't believe him. That's the reason he said, when he was doing things on the Sabbath, he said, you can't do that on the Sabbath. He said, say, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. I'm the one that made it. I was the one that started it. I'm who I said, the Bible says that I am. They wouldn't believe him. But when the Pharisees heard, verse 24, heard it, they said, this fellow does not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. See, when we're not right and we're not accepting Jesus, we won't even accept the truth. They saw it. There was no way that they could deny that he did what he did. But you know the way that they, when they don't accept Jesus, you know what to do? Is well, he, he did it by the devil's power. He's not the son of God. Now that's what you call denial. That's what you call lying to yourself. Now, the psychologists, they write this up in the psychology books of denial because it's nice. And it is denial, but it also is a lie. And they'll tell you that before you get through studying all the defense mechanisms that we use, like denying and projecting. You know, we project the blame on somebody else. We call it projection. It's just lying. See, it's not facing reality. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, I want to tell you, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. He said, it's impossible for me to be doing this by the power of the devil. If it did, the devil would be destroyed. That would be his own uh, destructive uh, moment. And every city or house divided there cannot stand. See? He said, I'd be destroying the devil. It would be destroying himself. That can't happen. But he said, let me ask you a question. If 
Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall that kingdom stand? That would be the impossibility. But if Beelzebub does that, he casts out devils. I want to know by whom your children cast them out. Therefore, they shall be the judges. And he says, if they're doing it, then your reasoning, if you want to take your own reasoning, you are not accepting when I do it. You accept it when you do it, then it would be of the devil. But which one can you see? If I'm not the Son of God, then how could you tell who the Son of God is? But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, he said, on the other hand, if I'm doing it by God's Spirit, then I really am who I say I am, and the kingdom of God is come unto you. Now that was the truth. And they didn't accept it, but he told them. That was his message. Now the problem, I mean, the, the point is for us today is that Jesus has come. And when he taught us in his uh, Sermon on the Mount to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so on earth, that's a prayer that can be prayed today. Contrary to some uh, preachers that they say, well, you can't pray that anymore. It came on Pentecost, so you can't pray that. That isn't true. Jesus taught them to pray that, and you, the kingdom can come into your life right now. And the kingdom can stay in your life. It's the reign of God in your life. Now, in Romans 14, in verse 17, he said, The kingdom of God is not eat and drink, but it is love, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. Now, if that's what the kingdom of God is, then we can have peace, love, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We have it to come. And when he said, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, the kingdom coming and the will being done is equal. And we can practice it today. And this is the point he was trying to get them to say. But you know what? They couldn't understand it. And today, a lot of people don't understand that the kingdom of God is appropriated by believers, by people who know Jesus is alive and that he comes into our heart and life and that we have love, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. We have the kingdom. Or else, how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods except he first bind the strong man and then he will spoil his house. He that is not with me is against me and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. He put them in their place. They weren't with him. They didn't support him. Whether I say unto you all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. But the Blasphemy against the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit shall not be forgiven unto men. I had someone ask me last Sunday morning that said, I want you to answer this question. Uh, 
bother me? What is the unpardonable sin and the sin against the Holy Spirit? That concerns me. Well, here it is. He said, the sin, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit shall not be forgiven unto them. Now, you know, you know what that is? That's exactly the denial of what he taught in the 28th verse. But I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is coming to you. Now Jesus is here and they could deny him, but when he gives his spirit and his spirit gives us the teaching and we deny the teaching, there is no way that man can be forgiven when he denies the teaching of the Holy Spirit. Now the, the way you blaspheme the Holy Spirit today is just not to hear and not to heed. John, the first John, the first chapter says, if you confess your sins, he is just and he forgives your sins. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What sin is it that can't be forgiven? The one that's not confessed. But the reason where we find that out is from the teaching of the Holy Spirit. The teaching of the Holy Spirit teaches us that Jesus was the Christ. And in Hebrews 2, he said, which was first spoken to the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him by signs and wonders and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. How shall we neglect if we how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? You can't. Which was first spoken to the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him by signs, wonders, and divers miracles. Now they could reject Christ. But when you reject the Holy Spirit and blaspheme against the message that's been given through the guidance which started with Jesus and was confirmed unto us by the apostles that are inspired, there's no forgiveness of it. And that's the way you, you commit the unpardonable sin, is not to hear Jesus. And not to hear the Spirit's teaching. Not to hear this lesson tonight is blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. This lesson this evening is that we need to hear what the Spirit has for us. And it is that he is available for us. And whosoever speaketh the word against the Son of God, man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Spirit, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, nor in the world to come. Now you know what that world to come was? That is this world that we're living in, the age. This is the age. Jesus is speaking here, and he's speaking in the time when the Old Testament was still in. It hadn't, he hadn't broken down the middle of all partition. He hadn't done away from the, or the Old Covenant. He hadn't sealed his new one by his, his blood. So he was in this age of the Mosaic age, 
And this, uh, neither in this, in this, uh, in the world, neither in this age, the world, or in the understood age to come. What is the age to come? It's right now. So when Jesus, when uh, the Holy Spirit speaks, we have to listen to that. And this world to come, now it's not going to, the reason that's a truth, that 32nd verse is a truth, is that the world to come, we're not going to have a chance to be forgiven when this life is over. So just common reasoning will teach you that the 32nd verse is talking about the time that Jesus was here and then the time that came in the new age. Because there's not going to be another time for us to be forgiven. This is the day of judgment. If you will hear, harden not your heart. Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasures of his heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. Jesus, what are you doing? What are you telling us? Are you thinking negative? No, he says, I'm just going back and, and just showing how man is made, but I came to save him. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Then certain of the scribes and the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. It's sort of convincing. So I'll tell you, if you won't convince us, I won't you. Well, how many signs do they need? But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall be no sign given except the sign of, of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. He's speaking of his death, his burial, and his resurrection. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, a greater than Jonah is here. You see how many times he's told them about himself? Over and over. How does that affect us today? He's just as alive as he was when he was here in person. And this is conveying how alive he is. The queen of Sheba came from the south, rise up in judgment with the generation and this generation and condemn it. For she came from uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, greater than Solomon is here. He repeats this. How many times has he said, I am the Christ? And people still would. Now, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. Then he said, I will return unto my house, from hence I came out. And when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. What's he saying? He said, here's man again. Man straightens up. And if he isn't positive and he doesn't let Christ come in and fill that vacuum, he's going to be in bad shape. Then goeth he and taketh with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of a man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation. 
Let me tell you, you know what the message is? We spend more time thinking negative and how bad things are rather than how wonderful it is to have Christ as our Savior, as our Lord, and as our Redeemer. And the one who can help us in time of distress and in depression. While he yet talked to the people, behold, some of them came to him and, and said, Your mother and brethren are without desiring to speak with you. Then one said, unto him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand out desiring to speak with you. But he answered and said unto them that told him, You know who my mother is? Do you know who my brethren are? Then he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples, his students. And he said, uh, Behold, my mother and my brethren. The ones who are following after me, the ones who are coming, the ones who are here, the ones who, who really wants to do what I tell them to. This man with the withered hand said, You can do it, you can do it, you can do it. And I can go back to Lane Brick, you can do it. He said, Yeah, I'll do it. He said, That's my mother, that's my brother. The ones who have confidence in me and will do his will. The same as my brother and my sister. The lesson is yours. I trust you'll read that over. And I'll tell you, the 13th is just filled with parables. And the 14th is just filled with the time that he fed the 5,000. He just heaps up teaching on teaching people what the kingdom is like and puts a parallel there. And brethren, we're in it. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it is love, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. Those of us who have believed and repented and been baptized and put on Christ, we have the Holy Spirit, and we need to appropriate it. We need to enjoy it. Come if you need their help as we come to stand together and sing.